Hey, Nate here. Thank you so much for taking the time to invest into your leadership. This fortnightly Emerging Leaders podcast is an initiative of the Australian Christian Churches in WA. I'll be interviewing a wide range of people and hitting up topics that I found would have been helpful to know about in my younger leadership days. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Awesome. This episode, we have Amanda Vivier with me. Uh, I'm so excited. I've known Amanda for a couple of years now. We've had her over at Lyft a couple of times speaking into different topics. I just love the way that you think. I love the way that you communicate. Um, um, do you wear many hats? <laughs> <laughs> Author, um, you're co-founder of Boardroom Retreat, and you're a contributor to Kin Women. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're 985. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a mum, wife. Anything more that I've missed? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Just uh, a sister, yeah. a daughter, mm-hmm. and um, truthfully, it sounds like I do a lot, but all of that is scaffolded around the life of my kids and they really are my priority mm-hmm. and um how old are they now so i have a little boy his name's maximus mm-hmm. and he is seven mm-hmm. and i have a little girl and her name is liberty and mm-hmm. she is four four yeah so everything i do is between that the, the school hours that they're mm-hmm. at school and libs still isn't at full-time school yet yeah and um, I say no to heaps of things. So I know it sounds like I do a lot. But so, for example, Kin Women, mm-hmm. I do my recording. for th- I do three months worth of recording on one day. Yeah. So I prepare all my scripts and I go up to the city and I, I do that on one day. And mm. I go to church every weekend. And mm. But I pick my kids up and drop my kids off. And, mm. yeah, a lot of what I do is is really just small in comparison to the life of just focusing in on my family. Mm. 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 Well, that's the season that you're in right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this morning, um, we're going to have a really interesting conversation. I don't really know where this is going to lead. <laughs> <laughs> They're <laughs> the best like, kind of conversations, yeah. mate. Um, but we're going to talk about relationships and singlehood. Mm-hmm. Um, this podcast um, is specifically targeted at young leaders under 30. Um and I'm guessing that if this hits the target group that we're going after, we're going to have a lot of single people. And I guess in particular, um, why I thought this conversation was necessary is because it seems like there is this pressure that single people feel um, to get into a relationship. Mm. Um, and I did a, I read a book earlier this year that had this really interesting thought that I have never thought of before, but this author said that um, he observes that marriage and family is an idol in the modern day church. Mm. And um, that really sat with me. I was like thinking about it. And if you take idolatry as something that we value so highly, then I don't feel like I can disagree with him. <laughs> mm. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I think that God created family and unity and God, the triune God, is based in relationship mm. of the Trinity. So I actually disagree mm-hmm. that um, family is an idol in the church because I think that family and relationship is 
birthed in who God is Mm. and he's a triune God. But do I think that we get it out of balance and we think that um, people don't arrive or they're not at a place of maturity or there's something wrong with them if Mm. they're single? And do I think that that is a a status that we put onto people, then yeah, I can see that. And Mm. my story comes out of, I um, was in a really serious relationship when I was at university and um, Mm. we were at that point of um, about to be engaged and the um, relationship broke down Mm. basically because of betrayal. So it was really a really difficult um, thing that happened for me in my late teens. Mm. And then I went to Bible college and started on staff at church and mm. um, it ended up that I was single for 12 years as mm. a senior leader in a really large church and mm. um, I felt like every traveling minister had a prophecy about me and the person I was going to marry yeah. and yeah. Um, I felt like everywhere I went that people were trying to hook me up with other people other yeah, people right. and every conference was an opportunity and, <laughs> and it was like um everyone was like you know what manda you're too busy and you're too strong and no mm. one wants a strong woman and you know i yeah. got so many labels thrown at me okay. um but i think coming back to your original question is i think that belonging and connection and relationship is one of the core needs of us as as yeah. human beings mm. So I think if I think about it, that drive for relationship or that drive for friendship or that friendship can be really complex in the church as well. I think what it comes back to is I think there is a basic need within us and I think Mm. that desire was actually put there by God. Absolutely. And I think that desire for a relationship was put there by God because it actually helps us as human Mm beings and doings Mm. to come back to God and say actually I've been too independent of you God and I want to come back to you Mm. and um does that mean I think marriage is for everyone no Mm. does that I does that mean that um parenthood is for everyone no Mm. do I think that it's for a lot of people yeah I do yeah and if we're actually really honest with it if you can answer the question really quickly from a gut response, do you desire to be in relationship with another person? Mm. I would say more than 80% of people would very quickly say yes. I think the stats show that 90% of people do get married at some point mm. in their life. And I think for me, what this guy was saying, and I, I gave uh, probably a statement out of context, um, but this guy wrote a book called The War of Loves, um, and was talking about his experience as a person who um, was living a gay lifestyle, mm-hmm. a gay activist coming into church, mm. um, believing, um, I guess, what we would call a traditional view of marriage, mm. and finding the pressure um, to have that status of married, and then from there, the status of um, having kids and mm. being a family, he said, that, that status um, became a bit of an idol, a mm. bit of a goal. And to try to stay current, I follow a group on Facebook called Subtle Christian Traits where they just put up a lot of Christian memes. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say that looking at that alone, it seems like there is a big 
response, I guess, to the pressure that whether is uh, articulated or is just assumed um, seems to be present in churches. Mm. Um, like one of the, I don't know, it was, it was just a fad for a little while, but there were a lot of memes about um, Christian dating being you meet a person, you go out on one date, and the next date you um, you propose. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like, so when are you getting married? So when are you getting married? Yeah. And, and that kind of culture. Mm. So can you talk a little bit about the pressure? Because I think you have mentioned in that season that what you went through, there was a lot of pressure there. Um, was the pressure more internal or external for you? Or a mix of both? I think it was a really strong mix of both because I think there was that part of my heart and my story that I did want to get married and I did want to have kids and mm. I had another kind of pressure that was internal for me that was linked to my story in that um, I had been told by doctors that it would be really difficult for me to have kids. Right. And um, so linked in with that, the doctor had said basically I needed to have kids early mm. um, and that the longer I left it, the less likely I would be able to have kids. Yeah. So for me, like I went to college and there was this amazing prophecy that I had and I was in my early 20s and... Um, the prophecy was marriage, motherhood, and ministry, you'll have all three. Mm. Settle the is issue. Marriage, motherhood, and ministry, okay. you'll have all three. Mm. And so there I was. I'm in Bible college. I'm um, on staff at a church. and Praising the Lord. Yeah, I was like, yes, this is all going to happen. Settle the issue. It's going to happen. Five years later, it's, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Eight years later, it's going to happen. Mm. But see, for me, that internal pressure, and I think there is an external pressure for women if they want to have kids, is that whole yeah. conversation around we are getting married later. And there is, mm. there, there's a different kind of pressure to what guys get. There's that, you know, that financial pressure. I need to have a house. I need to do this. I need to be settled. And, mm. you know, how, how do you do that if you have a passion for missions and you want to go yeah. off and live on a church salary, you know, like, mm. so I think there are different um, pressures for both male and female, mm. but that whole, I'm getting older, God, can I trust you? What does that look like? Mm. Um, that infertility kind of conversation is another pressure that comes with that. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's painful. Mm. There's pain, there's pain that comes with that, you know, and it's, it's, um, I think those pressures are very real, but also being able to just dig into those places of pain as well and to trust God that he is always at work to bring all things to together for good. Mm. But so often the answers that he has for us are just really different to the answers that we think that yeah. we need for our lives. Mm. Would you be able to go into where that pain comes from? and help link it to, you know, why is there pain? Um, why, what, what, was it broken expectations? Was it dreams? Um, yeah, where, where does that pain come from? I think um, it comes back to that dream as a young girl of what your life will look like and what adulthood Mm. looks like I came from a really big family and okay. 
But there were parts of my story that there was real brokenness in that area. My parents got divorced when I was in my late teens and to watch um, a family that in, in all ways was doing amazing things, amazing things in the church, amazing things in the community. My dad was a local counsellor for the area and mm. my uncle was the mayor and my mum was a business owner and we yeah, volunteered right. in church and, you know, I hardly ever saw them fight. Like, mm. it wasn't it wasn't a bad space. It was just, it was actually a real shock when my parents got divorced and right. there were stories that also were formed from my early childhood that pain was attached to that, you know, and mm. then you add being in my late teens with a guy who was like the church drummer, you know, it's like he <laughs> was cool the guy. drummer, cool guy on stage. <laughs> and, um, and he betrayed me in, mm. in the midst of our relationship, right. When we're at that place mm. about to get married and then coming into college and saying, okay, God, I surrender all, I mm. surrender everything, God, I'll do your will and I'll do it your way. And then, you watch different people starting to find someone that they relate to and they get married and mm. it's like seriously, like in my book, I've got a book that's called Dear Single Self. Yeah. One of the chapters is like, I was like the the bridesmaid. I was always the bridesmaid. Mm. Like I came to that point where I was like, I am not going to be a bridesmaid anymore. I think I'd been a bridesmaid 13 times. Oh, wow. And I was just like, I can't deal with this anymore. <laughs> So all of those things, actually, I can laugh about it now mm. and I can actually talk really openly about all of that now. Mm. But the wounds that go into our soul and those places of our heart mm. actually just comes back to that proverb which says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Yeah. And how do we take those hopes that we have to God mm. and allow him to bring healing to those places? Mm. But at the same time, to just really walk well in those in-between times. Mm. Yeah. Because if we're really honest, right, maybe at the moment you're over the pressure in church and you're like not interested even in really dating anyone. Mm. There still is that need for a relationship. Yes. And if you don't think you need relationship, then I would say you're probably trying to prevent yourself from feeling pain. Wow. It's a self-protective mechanism. Exactly. And that's why I named my book Dear Single Self because the thing is is that we all have a single self. Mm. And you know what? In marriage, you still have a single self. Mm. And if you don't deal with the wounds from that single self, mm. you carry them into your family, you carry them into your marriage, you carry them into places. And we have to be okay with being alone mm. in those lonely times, you know. Mm. Motherhood for me, coming out of being on church with a... Like we had a staff of 100 people. I was on staff for 12 years. Mm. And when I gave birth to my little boy, it yeah. was the most phenomenal miracle. Mm. Um, yeah. But I, um, I knew that God was telling me that I was meant to give up my job at church. Mm. And everything I knew about myself over that decade of service, I had defined my identity by what I did. Yeah. And once again, I had to come back to that place of my single self mm. and go, I am not my job. Mm. I am not my title. 
I am not my service at church. Mm. I am a child of God. Mm. I have a calling and a destiny beyond what other people say that I am. Yeah. Whether that's Mrs. Vivia or it's Miss Vivia or what that looks like. I, I am beyond those titles that what society put on us. I am a child of God first and foremost. Mm. And the way that I speak to myself the way that I engage in relationship with yeah. friends, mm. the way that I engage in relationship with my family, mm. my family of origin or the new family that is created impacts everything. Mm. So much going on. Um, <laughs> how, how did you or are you reconciling what feels like a long single season where... Did you, did you, how are you looking on that season, I guess? <laughs> oh, so funny because yesterday we were in church and um, we were at a baby dedication actually and we were mm. at a baby dedication for our friends who had um, waited for eight years to fall pregnant and had mm. seen us fall pregnant through those times and it had been a really difficult time for them. Mm. And so it was a real beautiful celebration of God's faithfulness and we were all crying and and it was amazing. But as I stood there, I looked off to the left of stage and my two kids ran down the front in worship. Mm. And so my husband walked down there and they were down the front and worshipping all together and I was kind of standing back a bit. Yeah. And they were dancing in the spot that I used to sit as a single person every week in church mm. for like 12 years, praying the prayer, God, where is my family? God, where is my family? And then I stood there seeing that miracle in motion for me. And it was just a, a beautiful kind of reminder of me that God is at work. Mm. He is at work. Yeah. And so what did I learn through that, that season of singleness for me? Like literally 12 years, I'm talking no dates. Mm. I'm talking no one asked me out for coffee. No mm. one sent me a little DM because there was no Facebook back then. <laughs> There was nothing, like yeah. literally nothing. Yeah. And then suddenly one day on a Sunday night at church, mm. um, I walked past this guy and he just looked, he was by himself. And as a pastor, you're, you're taught to talk to people, especially when they're by themselves. Mm. And so I just went up to him. I said, hey, how are you going? And he's like, actually, I'm really sad. It's, it's my birthday today and my family are in South Africa and I'm here, but at the same time, my grandma, who shared the birthday with me, she passed away yesterday. Oh. And I was just like, oh, man, that's not great. Mm. And um, we just had a normal conversation. Mm. And I said, hey, come out to dinner with a group of us. And he was sitting in church by himself, up the back of a crowd of a 1,000 people. Mm. We went out to dinner, and we just hung out. Mm. And then we invited him to dinner again. Yeah. And then we invited him to an after-church hangout party. Yeah. And we just hung out as friends. Yeah. And then I bought my first house. And I was describing to him how I wanted to build a bookcase because I'm obsessed with books. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I can build you a bookcase. Oh. 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 And then so he came <laughs> with his friend. His, his friend's a tradie. Yeah. Little do I know, he's actually terrible now at actually doing jobs. But he came and um, he built me a bookcase. Yeah. And then I just stood there and I was just like, you're a great guy. Mm. And he was kind of, he wasn't that... He wasn't trying to date me. He wasn't. He was just actually trying to be generous. Yeah. And I look at all of that, and I just go. 
It's just the faithfulness of God to bring two people together at a time when they both just became great friends. Mm. And then we hung out more with each other and it it turned into a relationship which then he asked me to marry him and then mm. it it's just a very natural progression that started in first of all me saying, Hey, how are you going? Mm. So often in church we we're so busy that we actually don't even just start great conversations. Mm. Secondly, just asking someone out to dinner after church. Yeah. And thirdly, just having the courage to not force it. Mm. Like, and just to be patient. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the other thing, actually a negative of me being single for so long, I think there was a negative in it. I think there was a great sense of um, patience mm. and understanding of who God is. And I know that the mum that I am today and the way that I approach my motherhood journey is impacted by the maturity that was forged in that time alone mm. and trusting God and what I learned there. But a negative of it is actually I just became really independent. Mm. And so as a early novice married mum, mm. I had to learn to ask Charles, that's my husband's name, um, I had to learn to ask him for help. Mm. I had to learn to not have it all together all the time because I had learned to be so independent yeah. and not actually really need people. Yeah. And I think sometimes what we can do is we can be so... Um, I don't know what the word is. So independent is probably the right word. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't want to say it again. <laughs> that As we individual in that. Yeah, it's, yeah. Or just so self motivated, self-sufficient, mm. they're the kind of words I mean, that mm. we forget to ask for help mm. and we forget that sitting in a room where you're not the leader mm. or you're not the person on stage or, mm. you know, we, we forget that it's actually a great opportunity for us mm. um, to, to just remember that actually having um, it all together all the time sometimes we're yeah, human. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. I think that goes beyond relationship. It goes into all forms of leadership as well. Yeah, I agree. I just had a conversation with one of our young leaders who was going through a difficult season of leading. And on the other side of it now, I was like, why didn't you talk to me about this? Mm. And he was like, well, I didn't want to burden you. Mm. <laughs> I was like... I'm your pastor, man. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. even touch base with people, you know. And yeah. I think if I was single now in this season of social media and how we've mm. we've really degraded this, just sitting and having a conversation with someone mm. and what we can learn from one another's stories and the power of each of our story and yeah. and there's that part of our hearts and lives that needs it. I think that's how God created us, you know. Mm. And that's why when you say that I think family and relationship has become an idol in the church, I can understand why he's saying that and I can see the impression of that. Mm. But actually relationship and belonging is the very core of the Trinity. Yeah, absolutely. And right in the beginning of Genesis, there was the beauty that he created, male mm. and female, and mm. he created us to need one another. Yeah. 
And I have a really interesting hap- thing happening with my little independent daughter at the moment. <laughs> she's yeah. so independent and she's so fierce and I want her to be fierce. Mm. I want her to be able to speak up. I want her to know her identity. Mm. I want her to know who she is. Yeah. But at the same time, I have to teach her to ask for help. Mm. Yeah. To actually sit in humility and say, you know what, I don't have it all together. Mm. And there's parts of my life where I do feel disappointed. Mm. And to sit in the humility of that in our relationship with God, to be able to go to God and go, you know what, God, this actually does suck. Mm. I think that just shows a natural cycle of what relationship is. Because mm. then you'll get to a point when things are hard in a next season and it might be in a work colleague or it might be in a family or it might be mm. in a marriage. Yeah. And if you can't ask for help, if you mm. can't face the vulnerability of your own story and the narratives that you're telling yourself from that, mm. you'll create disconnection in relationship. Yeah. And I guess it's highlighted in marriage where there is this interdependence. Yeah. Uh, I guess when you're single, you, you do learn how to... And it actually builds can. trust. Like, mm. my husband and I don't we have such an amazing sense of trust Mm. i'm not double guessing what he's doing what where he is what that looks like i'm not i don't have to have him contacting me all the time every time Mm. he he calls me each day and just checks in on us which i just think is beautiful Mm. but he goes off to night shift now and i spend Mm, nights by myself and if i hadn't have wrestled with those places, those lonely places and those mm. um, parts of myself that felt insecure and that felt unsure. And if I hadn't have taken those pains that we talked about before yeah. to God, mm. I would be a very insecure wife. Mm. And insecurity in marriage really does create cracks in a foundation oh, that needs trust mm. as the foundation. Mm. Definitely. Well, what I think we're going to do is we are going to finish off of this episode and we are going to continue the conversation because I think we, yeah, we've got some interesting discussions to have about church culture when it comes to singlehood and how we can build healthy relationships beyond marriage. You know, we'll talk about friendships and all that. I think it'll be a great conversation. So thanks, Amanda. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's podcast. Remember to help us to share, to spread our podcast to other people that might benefit from the content that we are creating. Also, make sure that you send through your questions, uh, your topics to nate at thelivechurch.com.au so that we can continue to make this podcast as relevant and helpful as possible. Thanks so much and we'll catch you soon.